Uh, okay, everyone, uh, welcome back to uh, Steroids Are Good. We're joining you again after a while. We apologize for the delay. You know, life stuff got in the way for both of us. Uh, there yes. was an election, all that stuff. But hey, now we're back and we are here today. We are recording on draft night. The second round is actually just going on. And Yan yes. Madar, the Israeli point guard, was just selected by the Celtics at the number 47 pick. So, you know, just to give everyone, our listeners, a look into what time it is right now, where <laughs> we are right now as we're recording this. So, uh, how have you been, Dex? How are you doing? Oh, yeah, I've been really good. Just <clears throat> living life, like you said, that election, you know, was a big thing. And then, you know, me moving into my new spot, like, you know, just things happen. And, you know, honestly, I wanted to give the election time, but then it's like, you know, we've seen like more things develop and I'm just happy to be back for our listeners. I know they've been bugging me on getting another episode out there. So here we are and you guys, you know, get ready for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as long, you know, as long as we can, you know, provide like entertainment and you guys still want us to do this and still want to listen, we'll do it. So, <laughs> yeah, glad to hear that we're getting uh, feedback in that way. But yeah, man, I think that because the draft is going on right now, we can just pretty much talk about the draft. Or did you want to talk about Clay first? It looks like he's he's been injured. It like, you know, there's been reports that it's like a serious type of injury. He might be out for a while. So do you want to talk about that first before we get into the draft? Yeah, I'm really sad about Clay getting hurt. I believe it's a right leg, his lower right leg. And so I'm afraid that it's going to be an Achilles. I don't know. It just makes me nervous. I thought the Warriors would been, like, legit, like, contenders in the West. And so it's really disappointing. You know, he looked really good. I've seen a lot, a couple of his practices and his workouts. He's looking really nice. And to have him hurt his leg, hopefully it is a minor leg injury. But <clears throat> right now, the way that they're making it seems like I think it's something far worse than what – um we're anticipating what do you think about that yeah bro for sure i think i mean the difference between like a team the warriors with a healthy clay and the warriors with like a with like a clay that's not playing is i think the difference with as long as steph is healthy of course is like the difference between like uh a playoff team a decent playoff team with clay isn't playing to being like a real championship contender if clay is playing so you know i think it's a big blow for sure and hopefully he recovers this you know i think this is his I think, I don't know, was it the same leg that he injured before that made him out this, like, whole year? No, it's, um, he injured his left, his left yeah, yeah. tendon, and so, but this one is that his actually, right leg. I think that actually ends up happening a lot, because you end up putting, like, too much, like, weight on, oh, your yeah, other on the leg other or leg or something like yes. that when you injure one, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate, but yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully he can be back on, on the court soon, but, yeah, just wanted to, we just wanted to, like, note that before we started. And, uh, oh, the Warriors just took Nico Mannion, the Arizona point guard, at 48 in the draft, so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, stuff like that is going on, I guess. So, how do you feel about the James Wiseman pick for the Warriors? Did you like that for them? Um, yeah, I, I liked it. You know, he's, I think he's like 7'1", 247. Um, he's a... He's a, a pretty good big man. I think he'll do excellent off a of pick and roll. Uh, he could defend inside and out. He's really athletic. Uh, you know, a lot of people say he reminds him like he's a combination of Kevin Garnett and uh, David Robinson. And so, you know, that's a really good comparison if you want like a, a big man to work with the Warriors. Um, and if not, he's really good trade bait. You know, and so um, I, I I think he'd do really good. Like I said, the uh, the pick and roll. Let's see about. I never really got to see him in um, 
college. You know, I seen him in high school. He didn't really play that much in college, though. Was the thing he only played like three games or something like that. Before. Yeah, I think the NCAA, you know, did their usual fuckery, and he ended up getting suspended for something. But yeah, yeah, he didn't get to play much. I kind of think that, like, um, I kind of think that I don't know. I, I, I wasn't really in love with Wiseman as a prospect, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Just because I think that he's kind of raw in terms of like his skills, I think he'll be a good rim protector and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, in terms of his body, he is very like pretty skinny. He's like not like particularly like skilled yet in terms of like a face up game or post up game or anything like that. But yeah, I think at the very minimum he'll be like a DeAndre Jordan type of player. You know, someone who can catch lobs, someone who will you know play defense, rebound, all that stuff. So yeah, I think that's a pretty good fit on the Warriors, and especially with you know Draymond starting to age a little bit, starting to slip a little bit. Yeah. That's the guy I think who would be you know his eventual successor as the big man on that team so yeah yeah i mean you know that i thought that was a pretty good pick it, i honestly would have probably just taken lamello if i was the warriors but what? i mean yeah <laughs> yeah yeah because they don't have a sean livingston anymore right and they i don't. think that he could have started he could have started off i think his career in that like sean livingston type of role and Sits I think man, him, yeah 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 and i think that him and clay and steph could actually play together i mean lamello is like six six or something like that so he's it's not like boy. he doesn't have size right he has yeah. he has a size man he's big for a point guard and you know he would be in like um yeah he would be in like a good spot there i think he would have been able to fit in there but ultimately that's not what happened so yeah yeah i thought wiseman was like a pretty good fit for them how do you feel about ob topping going number eight to the knicks i don't know man i'm trying to be hopeful <laughs> but i don't like him all that much to be honest uh, Wait, you know, why not yeah He's he's a older was the first thing, right? He's 22 years old. So, you know, he is someone who was dominating like kids who are like three, two, three years younger than him. Right. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the thing that I see. I mean, he did really well. He put up good numbers and all that stuff, but he he's not a great defender yet. He does not a great like lateral athlete. He doesn't move super well yet. I mean, he's like a good run and jump athlete. He can jump up and down. He can jump. Well. He, he, can, yeah, he can jump for sure. <laughs> but like, yeah, he's not like a very good like lateral athlete. I don't know how good he's going to be. I don't think he's going to be very good at defending on the perimeter. And yeah, I just worry about, I guess, kind of like how much potential he has left being that he's older. I like the second pick that the Knicks had, Emmanuel Quickly. I like him. I think he's a good fit on the Knicks for sure. They needed some shooting. So yeah, I like uh, the I like the second pick, but I'm trying to be positive about Obi Toppin. I guess I don't know. I, oh. I I didn't really like the pick all that much, and he he was honestly the one like realistic guy in that range that I didn't want them to take. What? Why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to be positive. <laughs> you, that don't sound very positive. Like he, I'm I mean he's a no, very I'm, no, I'm he's just a very capable like, defender though. I mean you no, mean he's both not, agree he's not on a that. good defender, man. No, he's no, like I, a he's a capable. Player. He's a capable. No, he's, he's not capable either. Man. Oh my God. He's not capable either. He'll, I feel he'll, like he, I, he's like good on the offensive end for sure. I mean, he was the national player of the year. He put up nice <laughs> numbers and all that stuff. But yeah, man, I just don't know whether the his free throw percentage was kind of poor. I don't know if the jumper is going to translate necessarily. But yeah, I mean, hopefully at least it'll lead to some nice dunks. I guess I don't know, man. Uh, he had a nice draft interview. He seems like a good guy. I guess <laughs> I don't know what else. I just think say. I just you think. know he's older than Frank Nilakina. Frank Nilakina was drafted three years ago, and he's older than Frank Nilakina being drafted yeah. in twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, I, I get, it. I get it. But, you know, the one and dones. He, you know, he stayed. You know, he stayed longer than being a one and done. But you know, there are some prospects that came in a little bit later on that show greatness, like or you know, could potentially show greatness I, I like i personally like a little bit where the players unless you're like an exceptionally like crazy you know top all-time player top 10 all-time player you leave high school i get it but the other ones i think they could stay in college and get a little bit more season learn some more fundamentals and um 
just learn a little more. I mean, I like him. I mean, I, I like him. I mean, he's not on my team, but I think he's pretty good. I mean, I think he's like 6'9". Uh, he has a heavier frame. And yeah, yeah, he's a bigger guy for sure. Yeah, and like you don't think he could, sh- you don't think he's a defensive player, but I say he's capable of, you know, being a, def- a very good defensive player. Like, and he's really athletic, really athletic. He can run up and down. Uh, I, you know, like you said, his, his jump shot is questionable, but he has no problem scoring on the inside. You know, when it comes yeah, out- yeah. I mean, that's nice for sure. But the Knicks had the worst like spacing in the in like they the do. league last year. <laughs> they do. Like, they, the Knicks need shooters. That's why I was good with like Emmanuel quickly being the second pick. I wanted them to take uh, Devin Vassell there or Denny Avdio was like the two guys that I want. I really wanted Devin Vassell, and I'm very annoyed that the Spurs got him because the Spurs always get like those good. Uh, <laughs> the Spurs always get good players like that in the draft. But yeah, I really wanted Devin Vassell there. Um, who else? And yeah, I like the Kings actually. I I really like what the Kings have done in the draft too. Uh, Terry yeah, Halliburton, I think is he's good, a really yeah. good fit. I think in um, Sacramento there. Did you see that? <laughs> Apparently the um, <laughs> the trade of Bogdanovich to the Bucks is canceled for now or something like that. Yeah, because, yeah, I did yeah, see yeah, that. So, something held that up. So I don't know. Maybe that happens in uh, that future, but uh, I don't know. The one the one pick that I I really wish he didn't go to that squad. But I'm just excited to see him play is um, Cole Anthony. I like yeah, yeah. Cole Anthony I, I to think, the Magic. I like. I, that. I actually think that's a really good. I think that's a really good fit too. Mm-hmm. Like he he is like a point guard, which is kind of pretty much what they needed there. They need another point guard. I think Markel Fultz is I think more of like a scoring guard type of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't definitely. think he's like a real point guard. I yeah. think he needs like a point guard beside him. So definitely. yeah, I like the pick there. I think Cole has a lot of talent there, but. You know, he hasn't really, he didn't really show much at North Carolina, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, he has a lot of potential for sure. He was a highly recruited guy and all that stuff. So yeah, I. I and his pedigree. Like I like his pedigree too with, you know, his dad, Greg Anthony. Yeah, yeah. And Did so, you see Spike Lee was in the, like, the, was in like the room with like his family and all that stuff. Oh, was he? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they thought, maybe they thought like the Knicks were going to take him or something like that. So they were just bringing out everyone to do that. I don't know. But yeah. 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 Yeah, well, I, I like that pick. I mean, I liked um, a couple of them. The trades were a little. What crazy. was your uh, What was your favorite pick of the first round and your least favorite pick of the first round? Let's. I, I think. I guess we can start off with that. Okay, so my least favorite pick was Lamella going to the Hornets. I for the Hornets. Sorry, was that for the Hornets and was or was <laughs> that for Lamelo? That was your least favorite. <sighs> I like what Lamelo. I, I think it's for both. I like what Lamelo kid bring to the Hornets, but I think him being in kind of like a smaller franchise and not getting the notoriety that he feel like he should have, I feel like that's going to play a major part in it. And he's not going to really be happy. I mean, he's. I mean, the owner, of course, is what, what he's going to love, but. You know, that expectation, will he be able to do it? Will he be able to, like, galvanize his teammates and, you know, be able to be, you know, actually humble when the older cats come to him? And he's like, well, you guys are losers. You know, it's kind of hard in that atmosphere. So that that one I really didn't like just personality-wise, just locker room-wise. And then for my favorite pick of the first round, I think I really, really, I know this is going to sound crazy. I really like Patrick Williams going to the Bulls. 
I don't know. Oh, if... man, that's that's crazy, man. <laughs> well, that was I one do. of my least favorite picks of the first round, man. To be honest, that was one of my least favorite picks of the first round. I, <laughs> I mean, I like yeah, him. Go on. I'll go on. I'll go on with my reasoning after that. But yeah, you can. Uh, I guess pretty much you can go on. Why do you think that was? was one I just I just like his. I like his his height, his wingspan. He has a nice frame on him. Like he has a lot of tools. Like even like. I know it's kind of hard because Zach Levine is right there and, you know, he's been like a two-time dunk champion, whatever, and all that kind of stuff. But I really, really like Patrick Williams. I don't know. It's something about his character and I like, you know, I don't know. It's something about him. Like I've seen him in Florida State a couple times and watched him. You know, he's he's really good defensively. He's really he's really fast. He's really quick off his feet. He could go laterally. He could go, you know, he's really good and he's like a, a – Okay, I know his rebounding isn't as good as like it could be, but he can be a solid rebounder. I just, oh, I, I just think, oh. just, I, I just think for like a glue piece, just like a really hey, man, good like to, role player. Not, hey man, not to interrupt you. The Rockets just took Kenyon Martin Jr. Kenyon Martin's son has just been drafted at number. The 32. Rockets. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just wanted to share that, you know, because I'm sure that our fan base like remembers Kenyon Martin and all that stuff. So I just wanted to share that. Did they, what 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 take was that? I mean, not what take, but what uh, when did it? What pick was that? Fifty second. Fifty second. Okay. Who did the Warriors pick on for fifty one? Uh, Justinian Jessup. It says I don't. I don't really know. I I honestly haven't even heard of that guy. So yeah, Justinian Jessup. I guess. So um. Houston traded up for Cam Martin Jr. Then, huh? I'm not sure. It doesn't say anything about a trade. Maybe they were able to. Maybe Houston's made a few moves today. Maybe they traded him for someone, but maybe they traded someone to get there. But it just says Houston is selecting, so I don't know if they traded him or not. Who's your? What's your best and worst pick for the first round? So worst pick was I think for me the worst pick might have been. Um, let me see. Let me just. Get a quick thing here. I mean, I really didn't like the top of the OB pick, as I'm sure that you can, as I'm I sure like everyone <laughs> can hear. But yeah, yeah. Let me see who my least favorite pick was. First round. Mm. Oh, I think my least favorite pick might have been at number. Um, let's see. At number. 26 uh peyton pritchard from oregon i think that was my least favorite pick of the first round i think that he is someone who is really really limited athletically and i think that he is someone who is like you know he's like he is an older guy and all that stuff he's skilled he has some nice passing and shooting ability and all that stuff but i don't know man i just felt like there were that's someone that i think you can take in the early second round and be fine with stuff like that i wasn't a really a big fan of that pick and i also didn't like like i was saying i didn't like patrick williams pick all that much because i I agree with you that he has the tools right he has a lot of different tools right he's a very athletic toolsy player but to me it's like that's the type of pick that like really scares me off is the guy who like kind of rises like late in the draft process you know Mm -hmm. like you know, he wasn't being connected until Chicago, until like the last, like basically the last few days, right? The Spurs yeah. were like the team that was like interested in him, had been connected to him at 11. Exactly. Yeah. The Spurs. So, I'm telling yes. you. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is like at the 11th pick, right? Like that's where his like range was expected to be. To take this guy at number four who came off the bench, right? Like he has all those tools, but he came off the bench in college, man. That's what, that's what gets to be, man. Like, 
how many of those guys that started ahead of him aren't even going to be in the league next year and you couldn't even start above them, right? That's, that's what yeah. I think, right? And I could see this kind of going like the Marvin Williams type of route, you know, where it's like another like really promising like young guy that was like coming off the bench for like the college team then gets drafted really highly and ultimately he does, he, like there's guys that are taken after him who are seen as being more productive and stuff like that. That's kind of what would scare me about it. But yeah, I mean, if, if he had gone in like the 10, 11, 12 range, I would have been fine with that but taking him at four I think was a bit high and in terms of my favorite picks um yeah like I was saying before Devin Vassell I really love that pick I think he'll be a perfect fit on the Spurs they're going to develop his skills really well there I really love him as a prospect like just like the perfect three and D wing who is ready to start pretty much immediately I like the uh let's see I like the Neesmith pick I actually like the Celtics pick at 14 Aaron Neesmith I think that he's a really good shooter and they'll just be able to insert him pretty much immediately into that lineup there i like the denny abdia pick i think he was a real i think he was a big steal for uh there'll be a good fit there i like pokusevsky the thunder i mean the the timberwolves took him but the thunder are going to be trading for him um at 17 he was like one of my favorite prospects in this draft class there's a lot of uncertainty with him but like he pretty much had he's comes from the same like greek league that Giannis was in and stuff like that he's just like this big man like seven foot big man who's like incredibly skinny just like real thin and just has like a ton of different type of skills you know you're gonna need like a couple years to develop him but i think that he can be a really good player if he's in the right situation and and you know hey hopefully okc can do that and then what else did i like i like the tyrese and axie pick i like the leandro balmaro pick the timberwolves got him i think uh, the knicks had him at first and i was really happy but then ultimately he ended up getting traded to the timberwolves so you know i like that pick too though and then who else i like the desmond bain pick yeah two picks of this uh oh the, the grizzlies are getting him desmond bain i thought was a good pick so yeah there was a bunch of picks i liked and then i actually like the lamella lamella pick to charlotte man because this is what i'm gonna say charlotte i think really needed a star right charlotte's never had a superstar in like that franchise in its current iteration right i mean like in like the 90s and stuff like that they had lj and stuff like that but that wasn't like this franchise right that became the pelicans and stuff like that so you know under this yeah. as like the newest team yeah. in the league they haven't had that major star right and i think that's really what they needed so yeah um i'm glad that they got lamello there i think that like being in a small town is actually going to be really beneficial to lamello being on a smaller team like stuff like that is going to be really beneficial to him because ultimately it's going to have to be all about basketball for him there right it's going to be have to be ultimately all about basketball all about like you know working hard and that stuff there i like the i like the team around him i like the i like the coach there james borrego he comes from the spurs he's i think he can develop him really well yeah i i think that he's just a really good fit on that team man they needed like a star they needed like a lead ball handler Devontae Graham is good but I think he's actually more of like an undersized scoring guard rather than like a true like point guard that is going to be passing and stuff like that I really like Lamella Ball's court vision and all that stuff uh you know I think they're gonna have a bunch of like they have a bunch of really like nice shooters and scorers to like surround them with with like PJ Washington Devontae Graham um Malik Bridges and stuff like that so you know with sorry Miles Bridges I think is the Bridges that's on uh, there I think Malik Bridges is in uh, Phoenix but yeah with Miles Bridges there so yeah I think that he's not going to have a ton of pressure to be like the number one scorer immediately there too they're going to use him as like a point guard and then maybe try to ease him into that role of being like more of a scorer later but yeah I really like that pick and yeah I think that I like that pick too for them for sure okay what do you feel about Anthony Edwards going to the Minnesota Timberwolves though 
I think it makes a lot of sense. He was the best of like there were like three really top top prospects there, right? I think that he made the mo- most sense of the three top guys for them there. They weren't able to find a trade down. It looks like, but you know, six six wing, incredible athlete. I think like there was something I saw that apparently he had like the most like force ever or something like that from jumping that like some like some like thing had ever recorded or anything like that from any prospect ever. So you know, just an incredible athlete. Um, he's going to have to work on things like defense and shot selection and stuff like that. But I think that given that he's going to be playing there with guys like um, Tecat and D'Lo, he's not going to be the first option there. So he'll get a ton of open shots there. So I think that could be a good place for him to like kind of take a backseat for like a couple of years before he really develops into like a great score. But yeah, I mean, if he learns to like improve his defense and shot selection and his jump shot gets a little better, then he has like the exact mold of like pretty much like the franchise wing that like, you know, people have. So I like that pick for them for sure. Yeah. What did you think of it? Yeah, I think he's a good, I think he's a really good scorer. He's explosive. He has good, you know, athleticism. I think he's scored a three. I think he's what Minnesota needs, you know, to go with, you know, Carl Anthony Towns. I think he's a really, really strong competitor. I feel like he's he's gonna bring a different aspect to the Timberwolves. I you know, I, I really like that pick actually. You know, I mean he could light it up anywhere, you know. Um I just want to see if he's a good defender. Um I didn't really get to see his defensive, you know prowess i know that he's really quick hit i mean he's really good for you know stealing the ball and passing you know for passing lanes like but i i I don't know i just i just didn't my biggest thing is defense you know so um we'll see we'll see i think he's really good for minnesota that needs a kind of like adrenaline shot of like stardom on that squad you know with car anthony towns kind of shine away from it i think they need that one two combination and so we'll see i i think he i think he has the nba body you know the strength you know the physique i think he could dribble i think he could you know finish i just think i, I don't know i just have to see his basketball iq that's all. His basketball IQ and his defensive prowess. I want to see during his first couple, and it should show his own. He's on Minnesota, so they're going to start him. So we'll see what happens. But you know what? You know what's crazy? I think uh, Ricky Rubio got traded back to Minnesota tonight. Yeah, yeah, it's part of like those picks or something. Yeah, it's funny that he ended up back there. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny that he ended up back there, like being traded for those picks or whatever. But yeah, it's uh interesting, I guess to see him ending back there after like this whole like arc of his career and all that stuff so yeah I kind of feel bad for him to be honest he thought he was going to be in like Arizona and Phoenix and all that stuff like a warm place like you know in the winter like you want to be in like a warm place in the winter right he's back he's headed back to Minnesota now back to like the cold and the snow and all that stuff so I feel kind of bad for him there but hey what can you do right that's the business of it I guess um so I actually wanted to ask you something that was like I don't know kind of interesting to me I guess what like player story or whatever what did you think was like the most interesting or did you find like you know what really stood out to you I guess among the player stories there that you know I guess you kind of want to talk about or whatever like you know after they were drafted you know they were talking about their stories or whatever what kind of stood out to you did any one of them stand out to you really uh I actually like Anthony Edwards uh story uh his mom and his grandma passed away from ovarian cancer and so um you know in between like a certain amount of time within the same year i believe and so he wears a number the number five in honor of his mom and his grandmother 
who you know both died on in uh, in May, and so I think that was like that that one's really touching to me. So, what was yours? Um, it was uh, interesting, man. There was a lot of like really emotional prospects and stuff like that. That was interesting to see there. I thought a Pokusevsky setup was really funny because like you know they're all Russian, so they were like comp- like I think either Russian or like you know from that area. So you know they were all like very like stone faced and like fully like really like serious looking. I thought that was pretty funny. I thought Tyrese yeah. Tyrese Maxi and his dad had like a really like sweet like cute seeming relationship where he was like hyping him up and like beatboxing for him and all that stuff. I thought that was really <laughs> cool to see. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of there was like a lot of good stories. I think they were kind of pushing for that angle this year. It seemed like they were pushing for that angle a lot this year. So. Yeah, yeah, there were a lot yeah, of good stories. We didn't get to see the players a lot, so yeah, they had to push. And my bad, it's not his mom and grandma passed. I said that wrong. They didn't pass away both in May. They both passed away on the fifth day of the month that they passed. So the fifth day, that's where it was number five. But um, yeah. Um, yeah, I think they were pushing more of the story because you you really don't know these characters. You really not characters, but you know in the in the in your mind, you know they play up the characters. They play up you know the the players on you know their stories and blah 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 blah. And coming off of a Zion and John Morant like <laughs> year before, you know it's kind of um, it's a tough act to follow. I tell you that. And so you know they had to play up the stories. And I you know maybe we're just maybe we're just a little sensitive to the stories now because I do know that almost every NBA draft has some, you know, a lot of players have their, you know, their stories and whatever or not to make you feel like, oh man, I'm so happy, you know, he got drafted. And I think we're just a little more sensitive to it now because, you know, we didn't get to see him play. Also that we're more locked up in our houses and we can't do as much. So yeah, I, but I, I, yeah, all, a lot of the stories were touching. I mean, a lot of these kids come from like really hard spots in life, terrible backgrounds. And so it's just really nice to see them get the opportunity to show their talent and, you know, make a better life for their family, whether it's for a, like decades or, you know, a year to year contract. At least they're making do with what they have. And so I'm just happy to see anybody get drafted. So. Yeah, um. I actually thought like uh, Patrick Williams and Zeke Naji's their stories were like pretty funny too. Uh, Patrick Williams talked about his mom's like flower shop and how he like knows about flowers and stuff like that. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> and then Zeke Naji was talking about like how he plays the piano and he's actually like seems like a really good piano player. Apparently he like composed music himself when he was like eleven or something like that. So you know he seems like a good talented like piano player there. So yeah, it was interesting to get some more like behind the scenes type of look at them, I guess. But yeah. Yeah, for sure. I thought there was a lot of interesting stuff in this draft. So, yeah, besides the draft, I mean, there have been some trades, like a bunch of trades and stuff like that, man. So we should probably get on those, too. So let's go. The first, like, major one, I think, kind of to fall was the Chris Paul one, where Chris Paul is being sent to the Suns for... Phoenix Suns. Yeah, for... Rubio, who's now headed to the Timberwolves, um, Kelly Oubre, I think a 2022 first round pick, and then a couple of guys from last year who, like a couple backup point guard types who I don't think we we don't really need to mention them. They haven't really done much, to be honest. So yeah, like that's pretty much the framework of the deal there. Um, do you like this deal for them? Who, who do you think won this deal? I mean, I really, really do like this deal. Um, I can't say that um, the who won it was Phoenix. Definitely. Phoenix definitely won it. Um, they get a seasoned, hungry point guard, you know, that literally took a Oklahoma City Thunder team to a playoff where we didn't even think they were gonna be a playoff contention team in the West and was competitive. 
And so if you take raw, unfiltered talent that he has with Phoenix and what the heck he could do with it, honestly, I'm not going to put Devin Booker up there with Kobe, you know, but we're going to see somewhat of a, a incarnation of what you might would have seen when Chris Paul got traded to L.A., when Kobe was there with Gasol and them, you know, with DeAndre Ayton and then Devin Booker. I feel like you're getting some kind of like, you're going to see some type of it. He's uh, Devin Booker, I'm not saying he's Kobe. You know I'm not going to say that. But the boy could score. He has heart. He could shoot. Chris Paul, he won't have to work so hard to get his shots. Chris Paul is a true point guard. You know what I'm talking about. That's one of your favorite players. Chris Paul is a leader. He's a floor general. He's a true point guard. And I with Phoenix, I don't, I, I can't say title contender, but I cannot not say title contender because I, Chris Paul is a magician with teams, and I'm pretty sure you could agree with me with that. The, I mean, pretty much his worst team was like honestly the worst team that he took, uh, was the worst team I feel like he had was the Houston Rockets, and they went to like the the conference finals, I believe. And he, if he didn't set out that game, I think they would have beat Golden State. So. <clears throat> Chris Paul is a magician. I, I really, really like that for Phoenix. They need a, a jolt of energy in their actual franchise. And, you know, it's really nice to see Chris Paul actually have, like, young players that he can help develop and that he could, you know, take his game take his game and be like, man, you know, I have actually capable players. And I feel like they trust him with the ball, you know. And, and it's not going to be Devin Booker's hand as much. Uh, I feel like he'll set up DeAndre Ayton very, very good, very, very well. I'm really excited about this trade, to be honest with you. What, what about you? Yeah, yeah, I thought that the Suns would win it too, and I don't know about, like, OKC, man. They have a lot of picks or whatever. It kind of seems like a Ponzi scheme to me, man. Like, what are you going to do with all those picks? You can't roster all those guys, right? <laughs> I don't know who they would... Who are you going to trade for with those picks? It's not like a superstar is going to be like, oh, hey, you know what? I'm going to leave my team and go to Oklahoma City or something like that, right? I mean, unless <laughs> unless Shea develops into, like, a superstar or something like that. So, you yeah. know, I mean, like, what are you going to, like... I don't know, man. What are you going to do with all those picks, right? I don't. They got a lot of picks. Yeah, I don't get it. Like, you can't roster all those many people, so who knows? I don't know. They they might they might be the Boston Celtics of the of the uh, the West. I mean, you never know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Celtics were actually able to turn their picks into like yeah, but like I mean, what did the Celtics even really do with all those picks, right? Like, who were the really good guys that the Celtics got for those picks, right? Were what like they got. A year and a half of Kyrie, right? They traded a pick for Kyrie. Mm -hmm. They got Jason Tatum and they got Jalen Brown, right? Like, who else yeah. did they get, like, straight up from those picks? Like, not too many people, right? So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, not too many. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. But Tatum and Brown is really, really nice if they yeah, could Yeah, I mean, it it's together. nice. But, you know, they kind of, like, ended up getting lucky there and having those, like, picks move up and all that stuff. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if, what really they're doing there. But, yeah, uh, it just it's just... <laughs> yeah, I don't really have much to say there, man. I I think that you know you actually have to start building an actual team at some point, not just you know trading everything for picks. Okay, and then so, but what do you feel about Chris Paul going to Phoenix? Oh, like, I mean, what do you I think like, he's going to do? I like that for them for sure. I think that this puts them into the conversation of maybe being like a five or six seed in the West. I think that the West is really tough, and you know, if this Clay thing is serious enough that he misses like a significant amount of time, maybe they could even compete for like you know a top four seed or something like that. But yeah, I think the West is really tough, and the Lakers I think got better with their move. I think that the um, 
the Nuggets are probably still trying to be competitive. They were trying to make a move for Drew Holiday, which we can talk about in a bit, him going to the Bucks. But, you know, the Nuggets, yeah. I think, are still trying to improve that roster and all that stuff. So, yeah, I think the West is going to be tough as always. But, uh, yeah, I think that now they have, like, the juice to get to, like, the five or six seed, which that's, you know, that's going to be quite a leap. They haven't been to the playoffs in, like, 10 years or something. So that's going to be good for them. Yeah, uh, happy for the Suns and Sun fans that they were able to pull this off. Okay, so the next trade, let's get to the Drew Holiday trade. He went to Milwaukee. How do you feel about that? Do you think he's the missing piece for Giannis's ineptitude of scoring the ball when they build a wall? Um, yeah, I think I think that he's going to be better than uh, Eric Bledsoe. I think that he pretty much does more or less everything better than Eric Bledsoe. He's a better defender. He's a better shooter, etc. But yeah, I mean, I think that they're going to miss not having like a traditional point guard or whatever, but you know, maybe they can, like, put together playmaking from, like, um, you know, Giannis and Drew and all that stuff. I mean, there's a bizarre situation with uh, with uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich where, uh, you know, at one point he was going there. Now I guess he's not. Maybe they still end up getting him later in free agency or something. I don't know. But, you know, it's just kind of weird to me that they weren't able to, like, officially land a deal for him or anything like that. But, yeah, I think that, that, I think that it improves them for sure. Um, you know, would I have given up three first-round picks? Maybe not, but hey, you know, it's not, they're not my picks. And, you know, if it gets, if Giannis decides to resign there, those picks are all going to be trash anyway. So who cares, I guess, right? But yeah, I think that they're, uh, I think that it was a good move for the Bucks. For the, for the Pelicans, I don't know, man. Pelicans seem really similar to the, uh, thunder to me in this regard of where they're just collecting a bunch of picks and i don't know what they're gonna do with them they already have like too many young guys that they kind of can't find minutes for already so what are they going to do with even more picks right i don't know but yeah maybe zion ends up turning into superstar and, and like a bunch of like star players want to play with zion and you can trade those picks for those like other star players or whatever but i don't know how likely that is to happen man i think the more likely thing is zion just if they can't be, build a winner right there zion eventually leaving or something so I don't know, man. But I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not really. I'm not really as high on Drew Holiday as everybody else. You know me. I'm not. I never really been high on him. I know you wanted him to go to the Knicks, but no, I you don't know. want Drew Holiday to go to the Knicks. He wouldn't have been a good fit for the Knicks. Um, he's like a what do you call? He is like a. I think he's like more of like a piece that you put on like a winning team he's not, i don't think that he would be someone who by himself could like take us like to the playoffs or something like that so no i wouldn't want him on the i didn't really want him on the knicks i don't want russell westbrook on the knicks to be honest like not with his contract <laughs> <laughs> like he's and he can't like shoot or anything like that either right russell he westbrook's can. not a shooter he either shoot. so he's gonna like completely clog up the thing even more so yeah man i'm not interested in russell westbrook either but yeah i wasn't interested in drew holiday because i think drew is someone that you put on like a winning contending type of team and then he makes that team like better right that's i think that's what i think drew can do i don't think that you're necessarily going to build your team around drew or rebuild around drew so yeah i think i like him as a complimentary piece there in um, milwaukee for sure i don't i don't i don't feel like he i mean chris middleton is okay but he everybody thinks he's like somebody that could get his own shot i mean he can't really get his own shot i mean he's a i mean he's a he's an okay dude like i'm not you know, harping on him or nothing like that, but he's not that dude. You know, he's not a B, he's a C. You me both know that. And so and I don't think Drew Holiday is a C, to be honest with you. I mean a B. So it's kinda like, yeah, Giannis is like, you know, the inside he he's a big man with a, a smaller man's frame, but he's big. It's really weird. But he, he can't shoot. And so Chris Middleton, like I don't I don't feel like True Holiday was the 
the right fit. I feel like, you know, he's okay. And, I, you know, maybe I'm just a little bit hard on him. But I really haven't seen shit out of him like that. For him me to be like, oh, man, you know, Milwaukee's going to really get it now. They're really going to get past Miami now. They're really going to kick, you know, the Boston Celtics' ass. You know, Doc is really not going to be ready for them now. Like, I, I can't say that. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, um, I don't know. It, it's just, I don't know. I think it's okay. I think he's an okay guy. I think he's an okay point guard. But is he the missing piece that's going to make that 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 vehicle go with the Milwaukee Bucks? Hell no. Uh, no way. No chance in hell. I, I think they're going to fall off more or less, honestly. I think going to fall off. I think they're going to go from what were they were the number one this in the season also. They're going to drop off to like, what, four, three? I don't feel like they're going to have like the season like how they're thinking with True Holiday. And that is a guarantee bet from Dex, bro. I do not agree with that at all, man. I, <laughs> I know you don't. I think that he's going to make them better for sure. Just because I think he's an upgrade over Bledsoe. And, you know, if if you're making what you already had the better, then, you know, you're going to be better is what I think. So yeah. When they lost Malcolm Brogdon, that was it. I mean, yeah, I guess. But, like, you know, I think that Drew is, like, a better shot creator than Bledsoe. I think Drew is a better, like, shooter and defender than Bledsoe. So, yeah, I think upgrading that was, like, important for them. So, yeah. And especially if this Bogdanovich deal goes through, I think that makes them even better, man. I don't know. Like, I, I like that team if, like, they have Bogdanovich and Drew there. I think that would be a really, really strong team there. You like them over Boston? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You like them over Miami? Um, Yeah, I think I like them over Miami. What? There. Yeah, I mean... Okay. I mean, they have like actual like mul- they'd have like multiple guys you need to defend on the perimeter now, right? Last year they had like one guy on the perimeter you need to really worry about in like Chris Middleton, right? I mean, now they'll have like three guys with Chris, um, Drew, and Bogdanovich if Bogdanovich gets there that like you really have to worry about on the perimeter and stuff like that. You'll actually have to guard and stuff, and you won't be able to throw like the same like stuff at Giannis again, where they're throwing like you know where they're doing that like you know weird type of defense where you're throwing like you know two three guys at him or whatever you won't be able to do that if you have like multiple perimeter creators with him so yeah i think that this was a really good pick by them pick up okay yeah okay okay how do you feel about doc going to philly i mean i think we talked about this right when it happened i I thought that was a fine pick i don't know how much of an upgrade he's going to be over brett brown but yeah i thought it was like a perfectly fine coaching move there i guess yeah I, I wanted them to take Ty Lue instead. I thought Ty Lue would have been, like, a good fit for them. But I guess he wanted to be on the Clippers, so that's good for him, I guess. But, yeah. Okay. So, what other moves happened in the NBA? I think Al Hoffer got switched, got traded to... The Thunder, yeah, for Danny Green, a first and a second round pick. Which, yeah, I mean, I felt like the Thunder could have gotten more. You know, Horford has a really bad contract and all that stuff. But, you know, I who cares? You know, I don't think that that's going to be particularly relevant for now i don't think the thunder are going to be particularly relevant anymore this because you know trading chris paul and all that stuff and they're probably going to lose gallinari and all that stuff now too so how do you feel how how do you feel about dennis schroeder going to the los angeles lakers i think it's an upgrade for them over like danny green and stuff like that i think you know he's someone who was like really good last year on the thunder i think that now he's going to be on a championship contender and have like lebron there with him he can like be he can even push his game up even more i think with lebron and playing off of lebron and ad right uh, yeah, I think that he's going to be much better for them as like a perimeter, like creator, ball handler type of guy that they didn't have last year. So yeah, I thought it was like a pretty good pickup for them. What did you think of them getting Schroeder? Yeah, I think Rondo's not coming back. I know that. 
Yeah, um, I mean, it looks like he might go to the Clippers or something like that. That's been the big rumor that like the Clippers are the <laughs> team who might he might go to. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that. And then um, I th- I think it was a good little pickup. Honestly, they don't really have. I I don't know if Dennis Schroeder is going to be like, the pure point guard that you know Rondo was. Um, I feel like Danny Green, you know whatever about Danny Green. Um, I don't know. I got to see it. I don't know about this roster. I, I, you know, Mike Palinka or Rob Palinka, my bad. Rob Palinka, um, he made some weird moves. Like I, I got to see, I never really paid attention to Dennis Schroeder enough, Schroeder enough. I seen him in Atlanta and I seen him in OKC, but I really hasn't really seen his game. I mean, you know? he's good, right? He's like going to be an upgrade. I think as a lead ball handler from like Rondo, I think. From Rondo? Playoff Rondo? Yeah, because I think that he's going to be... I think he's a better shooter than Rondo more consistently. I think he's someone who is going to give, like... You know, he gave consistent effort on defense this last year playing with Chris Paul on, like, a, you know, okay-ish team. So I think that playing with LeBron on, like, a really good team, I think he's going to be even more likely to get good effort on defense. I think he's in the contract year, so he wants to get paid. You know, he's going to, like, you know, try really hard if he wants to get paid and stuff like that. You know, and they're going to be in contention for a championship, so... Yeah. What do you feel about DeMar DeRozan wanting to go to the Lakers? Um, I don't think it's going to happen, man. He makes too much money for that to happen, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> like, if he opted out and signed, like, a smaller deal, then... Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I I think I, I want to see more things unfold with the NBA. Um, see more free agency. What do you think about James Harden wanting to go to the Nets? How, how about that? I think it just shows how weak those guys all are, to be honest. That you need to put like multiple like MVPs and stuff like that on that team. They're I think that those guys are scared of like the other teams and they want like, you know, they want the easiest pass possible for them is I think what they want right there. And so, you know, I if I'm the Rockets, I wouldn't accept whatever the Nets offer is, right? Like what was the Nets offer, right? Like Karis LeVert, um, Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie and like picks and stuff, right? Like Karis That's LeVert, a nice little team. The, the, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, Spencer Dillonuti got the Nets to the eighth seed in the East. Okay, what the fuck are they going doing in the Western Conference? They're not doing anything in the Western Conference. You're not, you're not getting anything, right? And those guys aren't like, I think Jared Allen is like young, but like the other guys aren't that young. They're like 26, 27. They're like in their primes now. They're not going to get much better than this, right? So I don't know, man. If I'm the Rockets, I would rather hold out for like a package from Philly that would be like Ben Simmons or something like that, right? I'd rather have Ben Simmons by himself than like any package that the, the Nets gave me, to be honest. You better have a really good defender. I mean, I'd rather have can't shoot the ball. I'd rather have an all-around guy who's like you know can pass all around. Yeah, he can. Ben Simmons can pass. Don't don't tell me you don't. He can't shoot. Yeah, but he can pass and stuff. If you build the team, okay, all-around counts as shooting though. I mean, yeah, but he can do everything except shooting. He he has literally every skill except (laughs) shooting. So you know, he does. He could do that. Yeah, he can't shoot. Yeah, he can't shoot, um, but he has like every other skill except shooting. Right. So I'd I'd rather have Ben Simmons than like any of those guys to be honest. And you know, Boston is apparently interested in making like a move for you know them. So you know, if they actually do include like someone like Jalen Brown and you know picks or something like that in their offer, I think I'd rather take that than uh, Karis LeVert and stuff because Jalen Brown is younger and better than those guys. I think so. Yeah, man, I think that that would be. But why? But why? But why would you think it was a weak move on James Harden? Because I think that he is someone who is joining, like, uh, you know, KD and Kyrie now, and they they're not proven though. I mean, KD's won multiple championships, and Kyrie's won a championship, right? Uh, Harden, Harden hasn't. 
Mm-hmm. But they haven't won it together. So they haven't won you... it together, but they haven't won it together, right? But like, uh, what was that? What, what, but what I mean is that, like, you know, he is, I think, trying to take the easy way out there, right? I mean, he has done this pretty much, like, where he has consistently brought like stars there to the Rockets that the, the, he brought consistently made the Rockets bring stars there that he wanted, right? Whether it was first Dwight, right? Then things don't work out with Dwight. He has a falling out with Dwight. Then it's uh, Chris Paul, right? Then, you know, ultimately things end up falling out with Chris Paul and they had to make a horrible trade last year, a horrible trade where they actually gave up picks to get that Russell, to get Russell Westbrook and his awful contract, right? They made a horrible trade last year. I think pretty much based on what James Harden told them to. And now, you know, he wasn't able to win with uh, Russ. So now he's like going for, and uh, so now he's trying to win with different players and like he's having another falling out with Russ. I think that's a weak move for him, to be honest. Okay. Weak move, but okay so i don't know i i don't know how <laughs> excuse me i don't know sorry i'm allergic to bullshit oh my goodness because <laughs> whatever man because <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry i that i actually did sneeze and i'm actually allergic to bullshit but um i don't know you can't call it a weak move if they're not proven right that's what you told me if it's unproven and they never done it together before it's not weak yeah, but right? that was those three guys coming together there, though, right? This is one guy joining by himself a year later. This is one yeah, but they haven't even played together yeah, yet. Yeah, but he's KD was out. A year later. There's a difference between, like, three guys signing together on a team and then two and two guys signing together. One guy saying, oh, let me get this other guy here instead. And then once that doesn't work out, a year later going there, there's a difference between those things. I don't know. I'm hella confused. It's the bullshit. I, I don't know, but um, I you know honestly, I agree and with honestly, this with you. I don't, I, I don't uh, think it would even be like that good of a basketball move to be honest. I think those three guys are all gonna want the ball. You can have two guys who I think are really ball dominant, high level scorers. I don't think you can have three. Their defense would be bad too. I think. I don't know. Well, I think one video like like 2K and that someone made a 2K (laughs) where it was like, uh, you know, the Nets offense next year or something like that. And it's just going to be it was just Kyrie dribbling for eight seconds. Then James Harden dribbling for eight seconds then KD dribbling for eight seconds or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do. I, I do see it. No, honestly, honestly, how I feel, I feel like. If James Harden did go to the James Harden did go to the Nets, I feel like twenty twenty one be a wash. I think not Boston, but Brooklyn would do it. Um, if KD is eighty percent KD, it all varies on KD being KD, right? And so, um, while I call it a weak move, from my old school thought process, yes. Because you're joining a team with proven stars, somebody that's already won a championship before. I'm not gonna just, you know, shade LeBron and you not know, shade, you know, James Harden because you know I hate James Harden, and I don't really. <laughs> it makes me mad because he's going to a Steve Nash team and he just left Mike D'Antoni, and I never Mike seen D'Antoni Steve Nash coach, but pretty sure it's gonna be very, very similar. Yeah, and so, you know, do I feel like there's a lot of offense? Yes. Do I feel like nobody can stop that rock when the person has it? Fuck yeah, I do. I really, really do. I really, I, I don't know how you're going to stop that team. If those three guys go on the same team, it's done. It's a wash. It's a wash for like the next two or three years. There's no team that's going to be able to beat them. Honestly, you and me both know that. There's no team. There's no team you could throw out them that's going to be able to beat them. 
even like I know there's only one ball to share, but who's gonna brick? Who's gonna miss? Who could? Every yeah, one of those like, dudes could get yeah, their own like, shot. What kind of offense is they're going to have, right? Is their offense pretty much just going to be one guy dribbles around while everyone else just kind of stands around, like waiting for him to pass them the ball or something like that, right? Harden's not a particularly good like off the ball mover, right? I mean, Kyrie, what? He's not. Yeah, I mean, Kyrie is someone who he's not. He was upset in Cleveland because he wanted to be the guy, so he left for. So, you know, he asked for a trade from there, and now he's going to be the third option. He would be the third option there, Kyrie would. You think Kyrie would be happy with that? I don't think Kyrie would be happy with that. And I don't think KD wants to be like a guy who, if uh, James Harden and Kyrie are are both dribbling the ball together, to be the guy who's like spacing for them in the corner or something. I think that it would go really badly, man. And I think their personalities are like that too, where, you know, one thing could go wrong and all three of them would just end up being mad at each other all the time. Like, Harden constantly is like alienating his teammates and stuff like that, man. I don't think it would be like i do not think that they would win honestly even if they made that move i think i think it's high risk high reward i think you are very very on the money about that like if shit goes south shit's gonna go south quick (laughs) it is with their personalities but if it so happened that these individuals, because I think James Harden, James Harden, you could correct me if I'm wrong, his uh, usage rate went down one point because he was actually trying to share the ball with Russell Westbrook, right? Last year, his percent, his uh, his usage rate went down one point, and so I do feel like he's a willing person. I do feel like KD doesn't mind taking, you know, taking. I, I know the the only one that's gonna I worry about is Kyrie. You're right, Kyrie. And I don't think Kyrie left Cleveland because he wasn't the man. I think Kyrie left is that he is because wherever like LeBron goes, LeBron's star is so big, it outshines anybody else's like work. And so he was like, no, it's not about me being the man. It's more about me not being recognized for the things that I did. I hit the game seven shot to end the series. He didn't do that. He made a block. But I was the one that made the shot that put us over that game. It wasn't him. So I feel like that's why he left. It wasn't about him not being the man. It was more about him not getting the recognition for what he did. He scored one point less than LeBron that series and still that like LeBron was the savior of Cleveland. And so I think that's but that's a whole different story. My thing about it was is that I feel that Katie Harden Kyrie could be deadly if they get it right. Now, do I feel like they're going to get it right? Hell fucking no. No, not at all. Not even a little bit. Kyrie's I don't don't even think that the Rockets are probably gonna like trade Harden right now. They yeah, said yeah, they said they, they don't mind like, making oh, it tough on Harden. They said we, they yeah, they were making it uncomfortable. I don't think they're going to, right? Because I think <laughs> they did. that you know Harden is still under contract for the next two years before he even has a player option, right? So they can they can wait another year pretty much before yeah. they even have to like they're even like he's even an expiring. So yeah, they can take their time with him pretty much. And to be honest, I don't think that they're getting very much for Russ either. And maybe they want to build up Russ's value, but yeah, they're not going to get very much for Russ either. Just yeah, just the type of player that Russ is. The fact that you know. He seems to start to get a little more injury prone recently. Um, you know, he, he is on such an expensive contract. It's going to be really hard for you them know, to trade Russ. I could tell you why. I could tell you why. I could tell you why he's more injury prone more recently. It's because he's because playing he's in my D'Antoni system. He's been like if you play he's my, been a guy who's like been if you like play very like if you athletic type of player like very like physical type of game and you know that puts stress on your body and now he's getting older and it's harder for you to recover when you're doing that so i think it makes perfect sense that he's getting injured lately every mike d'antoni team 
their star or core star or co-star or B or C, whatever you want to call them, has always eventually end up getting hurt. I am not lying. That is not a lie. With my D'Antoni system, that happens. It really does. Chris Paul, right? You have CP3, right? You had, uh, let's see, you had Cope that tore his Achilles under Mike D'Antoni. You had Amari Stoudemire that fucking hurt himself. You know, this is just Mike D'Antoni's system. This happens. And so I can't say that it's like, oh, he's getting older or whatever. Woo, woo, woo. This is just Mike D'Antoni's system. That happens. And so um, I I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like if the Rockets were, you know, you know, you me spoke about this, right? We, we spoke about the Rockets. I feel they brought in uh, uh, the late Silas's uh, son, well, Silas, you know, the late great Silas. His son is coaching. And so Houston has like a free pass. Because you're not going to sit there and get on, you know, a legend's son about coaching, not the first year. So, of course, they're going to sit there and do what they can and, you know, make little shifty moves and see what works and what's not. Because nobody's going to be hard on them. The only person that we're going to be hard on is James Harden. Uh, Darren Morley left. And so. Yeah. Yeah. For you know? sure, man. Um, yeah, for sure. I, don't, I mean, like, yeah, I don't know how good that team is going to be, man. Like if Russell and James both stick stick there for like at least a, this year pretty much you know or, or at least a portion of this year then i think they could be in playoff team again but yeah man i think that there's a ceiling on this team for sure considering that like they traded away robert covington and then who they got trevor Ariza for and then they ended up trading away trevor Ariza, who you know they got some cap space for him i think they have like a mid-level exception for that now so yeah it seems like they're going to be going after signing someone but yeah i thought that it was like a fine like you know i think that they're kind of like making like moves to like get someone else, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, unless the situation with Russell and James is all cleared up, it's going to be really unclear for that team, I guess, what they're going to be pretty much. Yeah. I mean, he's going to Capella should never left the Rockets. I know, but I mean, he should never left Houston. Like, not, not saying it was his choice. I mean, he should never just, the team should never got, like, trading him because I feel like he was a really good player for that squad. I yeah, feel like I him mean, and James had a really good connection. they wanted to go all in on the no big man so, thing, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was stupid as fuck. It was. It, it really was. There wasn't going to, I mean, the players around him were really good. Um, but, you know, I'm really hard on coaching. I know a lot of people don't know, but I'm really hard on the coaching because I, I know what entails of coaching and strategy and what players and matchups and all that. And like I said, my dad Tony is not a coach. I mean, he's good for like high energy and really fun playing around and all that kind of stuff. But he has a limit. Come on, There's man. A you, can't say, you can't say that you're going like, yeah. to defend Steven Silas or whatever just because his dad was a coach and then say that Mike D'Antoni's not a real coach, man. You can't do that. Come on. Like, Mike D'Antoni's actually, Mike D'Antoni's actually, like, had success he's a, as, like, a coach. In he's a real Steven coach. Steven Silas has done anything. You can't just, you can't just oh like, God. say that like that. You can't just say because of his dad you're not going to say anything and then be like, and I, nope, I mean, I'm I not. Not, not, not his first year. No. Out of respect. I will not. I do. I will not. Out of, out of respect, I won't because he's a first-year coach. And so and he, that's just how I am. If it's a new coach, I didn't really say nothing about Billy Donovan. He came from Florida. Like, I just don't do a first, you know, I didn't say nothing about Eric Spolstra. And he, and he was like a film editor boy. Like, I don't say anything career, about, man. you know. I, I admire Eric Spolstra a lot more than I admire something like uh, Steven Silas. <laughs> Eric Spolstra's dad wasn't like a famous, like, legendary NBA coach. He actually had to, like, you know, he actually had to, like, make a name for himself, like, individually. 
Yeah, but the first years I never really played. But you, but am I ever going? No, I'm not going to give fucking D'Antoni a pass. You know how he makes too many moves when he comes to a team I mean, so, and dictates so, so like, many things to have. The, it's like kind of like his fault. he's going to play in the style. He, that's like I, don't I think wouldn't hire him. If you hire him, you know that he's going to have like a specific style, right? And he didn't even play that style to be honest. In like Houston, he played like James Harden style, right? He, he did. played like the James. He played the James Harden style of ball. What are you talking about, man? Where it's like completely like individual no, players. Yeah. The, no. Look at the Phoenix seven seconds or less team and this team. It's completely different. That team, those teams were like fast. They moved the ball around and stuff like that, man. This team wasn't like that. This team with James Harden just like dribbling the ball for 18 seconds. And then if he decided to pass to someone, he would pass it to someone. That's what the offense was here. The offense was James Harden. Mike D'Antoni didn't have his offense there. They basically made the offense into James Harden. My D'Antoni's team is very signature for no defense. And I mean, they were that a good defense squad didn't when have they no were defense. a good defense when they, they had like small ball and, and stuff like that. They play small ball, and that's my D'Antoni's game. Morgan, small ball. And he run. I think that was Daryl Morey more than Mike D'Antoni, what? to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Small ball? I just. I, hold on. I'm good. I feel the sneeze coming. It no, went away though. Like, is that Mike bullshit D'Antoni I'm talking about? With, what are you talking <laughs> about? Mike D'Antoni has played with big men before. Mike D'Antoni played with like Amare Stoudemire and stuff like that. He he played Clint Capella like Clint Co- and got him because hurt Amari, because Amari was had like bad knees or whatever. Eventually had like bad knees. He got older and got like bad knees. What are you talking about? He got him. Oh my him god! Hurt. Are you telling? Are you telling me that Mike D'Antoni does not use the star players and no, put too like many minutes on the star players? No, I didn't no, say he's like Thibodeau. I didn't no, even put Thibodeau. You're changing the goalposts. Change goal I'm, goal post no, I'm asking you, does no, Mike D'Antoni no. put too much minutes on his players? Okay. Because they're so why they end up getting hurt? Injury-prone players like Chris Paul was injury-prone before he came to Houston. Like Dwight had been injured before he came to Houston. Um, what do you call? I mean, Amara, I think, just got older there, to be honest. He got older there. And his body didn't really break down in Phoenix. His body broke down once he got to New York. Like he had a good season for New York, and then his body broke down. So it wasn't in, in Phoenix. It was after. Mike D'Antoni was went that to New with York. Mike D'Antoni that he got injured like that? I don't know. I believe but, so. Yeah, man. I don't. Steve Na- Steve Nash wasn't like injured <laughs> when he played with D'Antoni. He got it. He got his like injuries like after D'Antoni went to like New York. So you know, man. I don't agree with that. Like he's like puts like uh, too much player stress on his players and they get hurt. Yeah, yeah, bro. Actually, actually, I think it was Mike D'Antoni with Amari Stoudemire, only because is that Alvin Gentry, yeah, Alvin Gentry was in was the Western the Conference yeah, Finals with the, the Phoenix. Yeah, in 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 like oh nine and well ten or well, oh nine and ten. Yeah, so I believe it was uh, Mike D'Antoni that was in there with um with the the Nets because then I believe actually he was the one that could be credited for Jeremy Lin for Lin's sanity. He was the coach when Jeremy Lin had that like nice little know month, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, uh, well, uh, for me, my D'Antoni is overrated, and he, it, I mean, he's a he's a head coach. I can't say he's not a head coach. He has his own style. That's just what it is. Does it translate? Does it translate to championships? Hell fucking no. And so I wouldn't hire him because he just, he can't, and you, and you cannot say, it'd be, it'd, I guess it would be different if you take the players out of Mike D'Antoni's system and then they're fucking washes, but they're not going to be washes. 
Like they're not. I mean, James Harden was doing the same thing before my D'Antoni came, right? The only thing he had like he averaged two points more. I mean, like no, James Harden became an MVP under D'Antoni. James Harden wasn't like <laughs> James Harden like was like became like. I think James Harden like improved under D'Antoni. He wasn't like at this level before D'Antoni was there. He wasn't at this level when like Kevin McHale was there. Mike D'Antoni is a better coach than Kevin McHale. Yeah. I mean, Mike D'Antoni is like a good like star, a good like NBA head coach. I think. I think if that if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt, right? And I don't I don't blame Mike D'Antoni for Chris Paul getting hurt because frankly, Chris Paul is injury prone. Chris Paul is an injury prone player, and I can say that as someone whose favorite player is Chris Paul. So you know, I I followed his career. I know Chris Paul's career, right? He's someone who gets injured a bunch. So you know, he got injured, and if he doesn't get injured, that team was like that team was like up against the Warriors, right? That team would have beaten the Warriors, I think, if Chris Paul doesn't get injured. And if they get and if they beat the Warriors, then I think they would have beaten the Cavs too. Yeah, because the Warriors beat the Warriors really? beat the Cavs, so I don't know, bro. Yeah, I know, but I don't know. Different matchups. I just know that my D'Antoni really high minutes on his star players. And I don't know, you could say, I mean, we're fine over my D'Antoni. I don't think he's I think he's a head coach in the NBA, but I think he's a oversell i honestly i don't think he's a really good head coach for an nba i think he should just go to college if he likes young players that could run up and down less than seven seconds they want to play small ball and just shoot threes until they till their arms fall off go to college bro you're not an nba coach you know i'm gonna say here's my hot take my d'antoni isn't a fucking nba coach he's not I'm he's not, not gonna, good I'm not he can't play with the big like boys you, but, you know, go to college is going off on that to get out of here with that man that's, that's some bs right there so, so do you want to go over just some uh, NFL I'm stuff just too? Or? Okay. So yeah, I thought yes, it was sir. like kind it. of like a interesting week, I guess. You know, the Giants won, I guess. Somehow they accidentally ended up winning their game. Do you would did the 49ers have a game this week or? Uh, I kind <laughs> I kind of stopped watching them. <laughs> I did. I did. It's just like people are just hurt. I don't like Jimmy G. I never really believed in Jimmy G. You know that. And so it's kind of like I was mad that they didn't trade for Dak after you gave me the idea for getting Dak. I'm mad that they're I mean, not really making any other I don't think that it's going to happen moves. this year. I you think know, it could happen led. this coming year. Like uh, in this offseason, I think they might be able to get Dak because I just think that – um it just seems like uh, that Jimmy G situation isn't like tenable there anymore. And now I think with um, what do you call what's his name? And oh yeah, in Dallas with the Dak contract being like kind of like unresolved or whatever, I think that it's more possible this coming off season that they could get Dak. Yeah, the Niners could be a very explosive team if they had a more explosive quarterback. I mean, oh, Jimmy G is a really good the, game uh, manager. Did you see, but did he you see averages the game between the Chargers and Dolphins? Like game. the two like rookie quarterbacks? Hey, that hey. Yeah. yeah hey, he, that boy too. Hey. He's he's a he's different, bro. <laughs> That's a different quarterback right there. He went under that wing and he didn't beat Aaron Donald uh in his first game. And he beat like two other teams. I mean, I yeah, like I, I like Tua. I like Tua too. I think Justin Tua Tua. Really well too. I mean, he was like, you know, there were some doubts about him and stuff like that, but you know, his like effort or whatever. But he's been I think he's been good in the NFL too. The Chargers are kind of a bad team and the Chargers I think are kind of just a cursed franchise that ends up like losing a bunch of their games and like choking a lot. But yeah, the he's been really good and yeah. did you see that crazy throw from Kyler to uh, DeAndre Hopkins there? 
Oh, the I won't even call it a hair mary. I'm gonna call it the the Hopkins throw because it's really. I mean, honestly, you just throw it up and he's gonna get it two or three. I mean, it's like his percentage of catching those catches is way higher than any other receiver in the league. A hail mary is like a fifty fifty ball. With him, it's more like 70-30. He's going to get it. And I, I really like Kyler Murray doing what he's doing, too. Like, hey, they're they doing pretty good. I like them. They're the smaller quarterbacks, you know. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. that. Who's your MVP right now? Uh, era, like, quarterbacks have gotten smaller for sure. And you're seeing that more with guys like um, Baker. And Lamar isn't, like, the biggest guy either. And, um, you know, guys like Tua. Tua's, like, six one something like that. Kyler's a smaller guy. So, yeah, it's been interesting to see kind of the difference there. Um, between like them and guys like more traditional size guys like Herbert or Daniel Jones or something like that or even Patrick Mahomes something like that so yeah there's kind of a you know smaller quarterbacks are more able to I think play in the league now for sure awesome awesome and then let me see uh Patrick Mahomes is still doing his thing Lamar Jackson is doing his thing even though I do I finally got it to where I don't really don't trust Lamar Jackson when it comes down to big games he could be 20 and 0 in meaningless meaningless games but if he's like 0 and 4 when it comes down to like real games like meaningful games like i just i don't know i'm not really feeling lamar jackson this season no more to be honest i think the offensive coordinator is like not he doesn't have the best offensive coordinator he has greg roman who was like the your, your team the niners offensive coordinator when they had kaepernick he was the bills offensive coordinator for a while i think his stuff gets kind of stale man and i think they need to bring someone else in there this year but honestly, man, like, you know, okay. people have been saying, oh, okay. Lamar can't do it in the playoffs. So who knows? They're still a good team. They still have, like, the chance to get into the playoffs. So, you know, if they get into the playoffs and do well or something, then, you know, people aren't going to be talking about the regular season if they end up do- if he ends up doing well in the playoffs. So, you know, I think we need to let it play out before we can make any judgments on that, I guess. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, what else? Um I guess not really other else to talk about except let's go we could go into the election. I could give you the the deflated balls is Donald Trump not willing to concede and his supporters making stupid statements. Um I'm really <laughs> this is the most dumb statements in the world. Don't count, but recount. Hey, I would have won if you just counted all my votes and not his. Like, just stupid statements, you know, deflated balls to basically Donald Trump and his following. Uh, that's what it is. Like, come on, at least be, like, uh, presidential. You know what I'm saying? Not allowing, you know, certain access to the president-elect. And, you know, it was just it was just terrible. Big ups to... Uh, the voters that voted for my, you know, my steroid shot of muscles goes out to the big voters, all the voters, all, you know, all the young people, all the minorities that voted for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I know that they might not be the your your your, you know, overall, you know, I'm over the hills of falling in love with these individuals, but they're uh, leading to a leg and up a leg up from Donald Trump and what he incites. And so, yeah, I mean, that's what, what do you think about it? I, I know we didn't get to talk about yeah, it. We could yeah, get into it before sure. we really get off. I, I don't really have too much faith in like the Harris and the Biden Harris administration to be like any sort of like progressive or actually get anything done that needs to be done, to be honest. Like, yeah, I don't know anything that they need to be done. They want to give more money to cops and all that stuff. So yeah, I don't know what, well, 
how much is going to be done there. But you know, any you know any Democrat is better than Trump, pretty much. So glad that we got him out of office there, I guess. And yeah, it's going to be a struggle to get, actually you know get the things that we need and want from politicians, and especially you know someone who's been like a pretty much like a conservative Democrat his whole life, but Joe Biden. But you know, you have to struggle for that, I guess, because all important things are worth struggling for. But yeah, that's pretty much what I thought there, and I don't know. Yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts, I guess. I don't really have that many on it, to be honest. I was, I guess I was just surprised with, I think the, I was surprised, I wasn't really surprised with Arizona. No, I wasn't surprised with Nevada. Uh, Arizona kind of surprised yeah, me, Arizona, and then Georgia surprised Arizona me. Arizona has been trending a little more blue for a while now. I mean, both senators are Democrats now there, and uh, they just elected Biden, so, you know, there's that. And then, there's um what do you call the uh yeah georgia i thought was interesting you know like you were talking about like apparently it was uh young like uh black voters that flipped georgia to biden so you know good for the voter registration there good for them there like flipping that state to biden that was nice to see hopefully that state can be more competitive in the future too um i wanted to ask you what you thought of something actually so trump actually got the highest minor the percentage the highest percentage of like minority like non-white voters pretty much that a republican has gotten in a really really long time he increased his percentages from 2016 he got more than bush did so what did you think of that seeing those types of votes there man well <sighs> Do you agree um, with the Obama theory that all black, I honestly that didn't know all, what to uh, black men are like wannabe rappers and only care about bling and that's why they like Donald Trump? Is that, do you agree with Obama's theory there? <laughs> well, well, I, I honestly do not know. It was, it was, was no, I'm going to be real with you. A lot of um, what it is. is like if a Republican, if anyone else had said that, they would have been like, they would have been called like 10 sorts of different types of racists. I can't believe people were letting Obama get away with saying some shit like that. <laughs> honestly i think like um, um from my actual he's, he's, that's like pretty much like telling people to pull their pants up and shit like that like get the fuck out of here <laughs> he just I, honestly i feel like with it comes down to uh black voters voting for donald trump it's um i think it's kind of like it's it it's a I know I don't know a lot of our fans know this when uh, when black people say it's a game with it a game within the game it's kind of like you have to kind of understand the dynamics of art like the culture and so even though like okay so you I, I could give you a little taste of it you could have two black males right two black males one is an actual let's say a, a small business owner um he you know he's well known around the community he doesn't have any fear of somebody coming into and doing anything because you know he's he has a lot of like popularity people are like afraid of him because of his family and whatever whatever but he's a stoner and then you have like the the more you know blue collar kind of like he works at like i don't know like i don't know what to say i don't know i'm not trying to be mean but like maybe he's like a stock a stalker like he starts shelves and whatever whatnot and he's not really well known and you know he doesn't like he's not in with like hood people or nothing like that and so 
when you are like an owner that knows a lot of people and you know the stuff that you see on tv about your people is messed up but it doesn't affect you it doesn't affect you because ain't nobody will come for you because you're you know you're a big wig you know you, you you know there's people around you that will protect you and you know you're not a fear of that and you know you're a strong owner so a, a small business owner so you're you know this the what trump is saying you agree with the policies you just don't agree with his actions but what is hurting you more at this point is it the policy uh, is it the policy that's hurting you or is it the actual racial you know injustice that are happening and actually it's the policy that's hurting you and so you don't want your workers to be asking for $15 an hour and you know because that's going to hurt you so but the racial thing is not affecting you because you know ain't nothing getting to you it's doggy dog world compared to a blue car worker that doesn't have to worry about the tax and the $15 to really help you know, where you're going at and what you're trying to do. And yeah, you, you're not a big way. So when you go out and you're driving and, you know, you see like four people that has like a Confederate flag or a Proud Boys flag, who's going to help protect you? You don't carry a gun. You're not a, a thug or nothing like that. Like there's differences. And so that's where that vote, like kind of like, just like went down the middle into certain aspects. And so that's the best way I could describe it without getting into much into too much detail but yeah i thought it was really crazy that's how it is and no uh, that's crazy we don't vote based on the right people disown little wayne and uh, i don't know what the other little boy name little little pimp was that what Donald trump called little pimp little pump whatever nobody care about them boys bro it's just all about what can you get what what can you benefit out of it and so that's just the way it is. Like some people, like a lot of people don't feel the same way that people feel, you know, we don't like here in California, it's way different than when you go to the Bible Belt. when you have a, you know, when you're over there, like it's a totally different, like vibe, totally different vibe. And so that's where you get those, those disparities and, you know, those lower accounts and the more accounts for Trump when it comes down to the black community. But luckily, you know, he got voted out, but he, I mean, more people came out to vote also. You know, Biden was number one in votes and Trump was number two in history in votes. So more people came out to vote also. So, you know, those numbers are a little bit like, you know, based on, you know, the situation and the climate of the United States. And so that's how I see it. What about you? Uh, man, I don't know. I think that like part of the reason why. Joe Biden like didn't do as well with black voters like lost some black voters to be honest because the Democrats ran a strategy of wanting to pick up like white suburban like moderates pretty much right so they got that right they were able to increase their voters like I actually saw the thing that literally every demographic except uh white men went slightly percentage wise towards Trump so George so so towards uh Donald Trump so literally white men like who people have been saying uh what do you call <laughs> you know people have been saying are the bane of society they're the only group that went more towards uh Joe Biden than Donald Trump right and I think that what happened was like for I think for a lot of black people you know people see people know who Joe Biden is right Joe Biden as I said has been a conservative Democrat his whole life he's had so many policies that have been bad quite frankly like bad and awful for like the black community the Latino community and stuff like that you know the cages that the kids are in that you know Trump's put these kids in like the Obama administration is when those kids were when when those cages were built like those they were putting like kids in cages now you can say oh it was for different reasons you can go into x y and z but like those cages were there 
during the Obama-Biden administration, right? I mean, Kamala Harris is someone who, you know, her job was pretty much to put away, pe put people in jail. And that affected a lot of black people, too. I think that affects people, right? And I think that, honestly, like, the whole democratic strategy of, like, oh, we're going to try to be everything to everyone. We're not going to have any, like... You know, we're not going to we're going to have like 10 different types of messages, you know, um, Biden talking about how oh, all all Republicans are good. It's just Trump is the only like bad one or whatever. And, you know, I can work with Republicans. I think that hurt them down ballot quite a bit, too. And that's why they lost some seats in the House or whatever. But yeah, man, I don't know. I think that the party needs to really rethink its strategy if it wants to win, because I think that if this is the way that it's going, like without Corona, I think that Trump would have win, won, honestly, without Corona. Right. I mean, like, you know, like, look at how close this was, even with even with the recession and the pandemic that's killed like 200,000 plus people. Look at how close it was. I think that he honestly would have like just been reelected if, um, you know, this whole thing with the coronavirus hadn't happened. But yeah, I mean, hopefully they can like start like pursuing like, like a real stimulus now. But I don't know how optimistic about that I am. But you know, if they do that, I think it'll be good. But yeah, we're we're gonna have to wait and see. I guess is pretty much what I think. Yeah, like but like I said, Biden did have a high turnout with the minority vote. It was a it was the minority vote that put Biden I mean, over. Like, I mean, like, and so, the thing is, like, yeah, yeah. that's true, but, like, you know, and he's a Democrat, so he's going to get more of the minority vote anyway, but he got a, a smaller percentage than, like, pretty much any Democrat has gotten, like, this, I think, this century, pretty much. Like, Bush got more, Bush got smaller percentage of minority votes than Trump did, so, you know, I mean, Trump made, like, legitimate, like, it seems like people legitimately voted for Trump more than they voted for, you know, people of color started to move away from, like, Biden and voted for Trump even more than they did last time, like, you know, and we've seen how how many like that so you know i think that should be a big concern to the democratic party if you're seeing stuff like that i i want to see i want to say it's like i said it was way more voters and you know some people do like the stuff that he has to say you know donald trump's policies that some people do like i'm not saying that black people didn't vote for trump i'm saying that most black people didn't he could have a certain percentage more but like i said more voter turnout more people you know wanted their vote to count it does not mean i could tell you right now most i could speak for majority of the black people nobody wanted a race war i can tell you that right now and so definitely that you know we want to calm the calm the temperature everybody wants to calm the temperature hit the reset button get back to the things that we want to actually happen and then with georgia hopefully there's a runoff in georgia for those two senate seats and you know of course, the president-elect would get to choose if it's a runoff, and we could and we could get some more stuff happening. Like I, I really uh, yeah, the runoffs are happening, man. Like uh, it's going to be I think Raphael Warnock versus Kelly Loeffler and John Ossoff versus David Perdue. So the runoffs are happening, man. Yeah. So if the if the it's going to be one versus one, those races is going to win there. So you know if Democrats need to yeah, win both of those then, to take back the Senate. Mm -hmm. So yeah, hopefully they can do that. We can actually get some good things going. I guess. Yeah, because think about it. Yeah, I. But you know how I felt about Obama. I feel like he, I like I told I people know when I talk about Obama. Just because he's black doesn't mean he's like super liberal. He was one of the most conservative Democrats with his policies and how and where and his platform that I ever seen. Right, uh, and so it wasn't like I thought. Like you know, that's what it was. Like I just feel like you know he. I feel like Joe is just. I mean, honestly, I would have picked anybody but Donald Trump. 
at this point, the way the climate was, I understand the policies. It might have worked better for me and my family for my tax demographic, my, my tax demographic. But um, as it be like, it's not worth my people going down for it. Like honestly, it's not. And it, it 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 was getting real hot. Like if you really went down, like I'm I mean. I mean, we can't say anything because we didn't have our show last year, right? Or, you know, four years ago. But, like, we got, like, a really, I mean, remember that bad email that we got? Like, people are, you know, certain people are just okay because of what, you know, he incited and what he was okay with doing and, you know, what he and what he was about. So, I'm I'm good off of that. I'm happy that, like I said, I'm happy that Joe, Kamala did what they did. And, you know, they could change the climate. I don't know how much it would change, but it's, at least it would cool it down. Because right now, the tensions are so high. Like, I have family that's, on the, that's in the Bible Belt. I have battle buddies that are in those states. I have so many different people in, that I love and care about in those states where there's, like, legitimately, like, race wars going on and people actually getting shot and killed when people see like oh on the news this person got ran over and blah 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 duh, duh, duh. like you it, in your head it's just like oh somebody just went down but these people are actually in the in there with the protesting you know trying to fight a good fight trying to stop certain things so you know that's why I'm like, you know, at least it's better than all this killing, all this hate. There's always going to be hate. There's always going to be killing. But let's try and do better. And so and I really liked that the young people came out, honestly, that, you know, and that's where I think that the Democrats need to start focusing on because the baby boomers is on their way out. Right. Uh, we have uh, the millennials. And then that's biggest generation is gen uh, is uh, the iPhone generation or generation. I forget what they call them, but then that's for yeah Gen Z, and they're a really really big generation, and they're and they're no hoes bar. They're the ones that mostly are the ones that are protesting. So if the Democrats do want to, like you said, the Democrats do want to retain that vote, they need to make sure that they start going more toward progressive. Uh, uh, policies, progressive platforms, because that's going to be their hardcore demographic. I think Joe's really good at trying to as w at walking the tightrope right now, but um, eventually he'll have to cater more toward the progressive side of the Democratic Party. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully, uh, hopefully that'll start to happen. That would be good, I guess. But yeah, I think that's enough political talk from us now. <laughs> you know, this has been a kind of a longer episode, but you know, we wanted to give you yeah. We've been gone. Yeah, yeah we've we been wanted gone to give for you guys kind of a longer episode since we've been off for a while. But yeah, and we're actually starting to think about video too. So, you know, if you guys want to see that, let us know for sure. Uh, email is steroidsaregoodpodcast.gmail.com. You know, as always, please give us five stars on iTunes. Um, you know, subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you guys listen, all that stuff. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. You got anything else to say, Dex? Nope. Just subscribe. All right, thank you for, thank listening, you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next week.